It's an important and popular fact that things are not always what they seem. For instance, on the planet Earth, man had always assumed that he was the most intelligent species occupying the planet, instead of the third most intelligent. The second most intelligent creatures were, of course, dolphins, who, curiously enough, had long known of the impending destruction of the planet Earth. They had made many attempts to alert mankind to the danger, but most of their communications were misinterpreted as amusing attempts to punch footballs or whistle for tidbits. So they eventually decided they would leave Earth by their own means. The last ever dolphin message was misinterpreted as a surprisingly sophisticated attempt to do a double backward somersault through a hoop while whistling the star-spangled banner. But in fact, the message was this. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If the place you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, and we're joined by the other Alex today. And we just watched Johnny Mnemonic. Now, a mnemonic device is a way of cataloging, categorizing, and remembering uh, various things through a different sort of way of remembering this thing. For example, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally means parentheses, exponent, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction, and I have no idea what that has to do with today's movie. Not to find out, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried my best to pay attention, but... Uh, this is this is kind of a difficult one. This this one really, it challenged me. I think I grew in a meaningful way, and I think we are all three better people for having seen this. No argument here. <laughs> I think I think that seeing this for the third time is maybe the happiest that I've been in all of the times that I've seen it. I'm not saying something because this movie fucking rules. <laughs> okay, now uh, before we go any further, let's uh, let's ask Parker. Parker, do you have any news? Oh, buddy. I'm oh, yes. so glad you asked. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, great. All right. Take a seat, friend. Way ahead of you. So, you know we're nearing October. So let's talk about horror. So, as you might recall, we're like two weeks away from a Purge TV series, right? I I actually did forget, but thank you. No, <laughs> not for long. I was uh, happy yeah, for worry. a split second. <laughs> uh, those pieces will be on the board. Don't worry about it. Okay. Oh, and also... Just coming down the pipeline soon, there's going to be a Child's Play TV series. But here's the thing, Chris. Knock, knock. Whom's there? Bloody Disgusting. Bloody Disgusting who? Bloody Disgusting reports that Legendary Entertainment are in the mix to develop not only a television series based on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but also more films. I, Chris, I your thoughts. I, <laughs> pretty soon I'll be incapable of thinking. I... Look, I think the Chucky one is actually going to be a big hit because people really like the Chucky movies for some reason. I don't know what's going on with that, but a Texas... You're telling me a Texas Chainsaw Massacre TV show. 
uh-huh. personally, I can't believe they got John Gruden to do it after he got that $100 million contract. But <laughs> hey. I, uh, look, I, I'm completely serious here. I don't think the TV show is going to last more than three episodes. But what about the concurrent series of sequels? Because it's both. Uh, are they going to be in the same universe? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Oh, I was going to say, that would have made it all okay. Uh, please, next segment. I don't want to think about this anymore. Okay. But look, they know they're making at least $24 total off of this podcast. <laughs> $24 <laughs> can go a long way. You can get a new TerribleBlog.net shirt. You can buy one-fifth of what that Kevin Spacey movie made. <laughs> you know what else you can get, Chris? What? You can get Alec Baldwin as Thomas Wayne, a cheesy and tan businessman who's more in the mold of a 1980s Donald Trump. That oh, no. might be the worst sentence anyone has ever I said on this podcast since at least last week. I woke up from my nap today. I read that news and I went back to sleep. I got so tired. The thought of that godforsaken Joker movie having to watch Alec Baldwin do his fucking Trump impression. You know, it's funny because, like, we know it is. Wayne's parents get shot at least 12 times, but this will be the first time I'll actively be rooting for it. Just shoot this motherfucker in the face. Do you think he's going to leave his son a voicemail and be like, you are always my son. I trust you to take over the Wade Enterprise. You stupid, disgusting, thoughtless pig. You fat and then, pig. And then Bruce answers his phone and just hears... <laughs> Don't worry. That's all I have for you. I just wanted to ruin your night right off the bat. Oh, well, you're way ahead of me. Um, Purge TV series coming your way on basic cable. The best way to watch the Purge. Is there a good whatever? You're gonna find out. No, I'm. I'm. Look, I'm so good at Pick'em. This couldn't possibly end up against me. I couldn't possibly. Remember that time you told me you've only seen the first Purge movie, and you just like trusted me with that knowledge as a friend. (laughs) Why do do you remember that? Why do I trust anyone? (laughs) People do not forget. Okay, let's let's talk about what we watched recently. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I forgot to mention this on the last podcast, uh, but I, I think this is one for the other Alex. I, I watched 1965's Repulsion by Roman Polanski, and when I told her that, she said, Now there's a guy who knows how to tell a woman's story. Um, obviously referring to the rape. But uh, Repulsion <laughs> is... Uh, can't really tell if I like this or not. Uh, there's a lot of good in the movie, and there's a lot of... I can't really tell whether this is supposed to be entertaining. This is definitely one of the ones where it's more thriller than horror. And for once, I would say yes, that he definitely does know how to tell a woman's side of the story, and he does it fairly well in this, but there's a whole lot that I just don't like. And yes, it is one of the rapiest movies I've ever seen in my life, but that it is kind of the point. It's, it's not supposed to be glorifying. It's supposed to make it look horrifying. And there are a couple scenes in there that are excellent. Now, Parker, I think you said you've wanted to watch this for some time, and I, I would tentatively recommend it. I don't really think it's up your alley, though. Then I watched 1966. Uh, 1966's Oh, Hassard Balthasar. It's about a fucking donkey. It's the most boring fucking movie I ever saw. Oh, my God. And then I... I'm no. So tired. Like no okay. that saved those people? <laughs> no, now, let me, now let, me get a, let me get a movie that might wake you guys up. I want to know if you guys have seen this. It's from 1966 can say no uh it's called the (laughs) the war of the gargantuas oh that movie fucking slaps yeah see that's the thing uh 
apparently this movie is super well known. This is about two giant Frankensteins. I I don't even know. And uh, apparently this movie is like somewhat well known. It's uh, Quentin Tarantino considers it one of the coolest movies in the world. Uh, Chris, we- I believe the plural is Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, it's spelled like Berenstain, though. So, anyway, um, this this movie. <laughs> now, this this movie. Uh, I, I you know for most of it, I wasn't into it. But you know who's in this movie? Uh, Parker's favorite character from Twin Peaks. Uh, the wait, what was his name? The, the guy blind wrestler? No. Uh, the <laughs> no, she wasn't blind. She only had one eye. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, the, we round down here. Did I almost say third eye blind? No. Yeah, uh, uh, you know we've always been down, down. Chris. It's one of those guys. It's uh, one of those guys from. So we should uh, step back from that ledge story. <laughs> Just straight up not trying in this. Uh, then nope. I then I watched two Czech movies from Czech as in Czechoslovakia. Not I checked them off from a list. Although I did do that. Uh, both from 1966. Checking off his bingo card right now. Yeah, one is <laughs> one is called Closely Watched Trains. It's actually pretty good and the other is called daisies it's actually pretty terrible uh i also watched 1967's king kong escapes uh i <laughs> don't know why i did uh it i might as well have just rewatched uh mighty joe young now hold up this is like kind of the main event here okay so i went to the movie theater alma draft house and they had a classic black and white movie you know the ones i love so much 1932 Marx Brothers. Marx, Marx Brothers are a big part of my family's life. No, I'm going somewhere with this. Trust me. Uh, okay. It's called Horse Feathers. It's so good. I, I had such a good time. And then Parker came and ruined everything. Apparently, he didn't tell me that he was coming up to to Virginia like a week in advance or a month in advance or whatever. The little... I was having such a good time, and seven times throughout the movie, it had to have been Parker sitting next to me, because I don't know anyone else who would have laughed like, <laughs> I swear to God, that exact laugh, ten times as loud in the theater from the guy sitting next to me. Parker, are you happy with yourself? <laughs> I'm so happy someone ruined that for you. I was Get fucked. I was having such a good time watching my old black and white movie, and you just couldn't let me enjoy anything. No. People do not forget, as it turns out. Yeah, and the other one I watched is uh, I sat down with my darling sister, and we watched 1994's Forrest Gump. Now, Alex, I know this is one of your all-time favorite movies, but I have to say... So sorry for you. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I think one of the things, Alex, you kind of got on this before, is that people kind of talk about Forrest Gump way more than they ought to. Like, people treat it like it's the end-all be-all of art. They treat it like it's it's something that we're never, ever going to forget or something like that. When I think a lot of people have already forgotten it. Uh, I don't want to get into all the stuff that people have already discussed. I, I don't think that we'd learn anything by discussing, like, oh, remember the scene where they photoshopped him into the historical... I don't think that's interesting. But I will remember bring up the scene some... where he comes for the first time? Because it's real funny. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of funny stuff in that scene, yes. Uh, I will bring up two <laughs> things. One... You know how Gary Sinise is, like, fantastic at that? Was probably nominated for an Oscar. The scene where he's pulling uh, Gump by the uh, collars and, like, screaming in his face. 
my sister was laughing hysterically throughout that scene because of Tom Hanks's eyes. <laughs> so thank you. That was his Oscar scene, and that's why he didn't win, because he thought it was hysterical. Great. The other thing I want to bring up here is, uh, Alex, I know you don't really like Forrest Gump. Now, imagine how bad the sequel would be. Which almost happened, yeah. I Yeah, I think it would legitimately be one of the worst movies ever made. Just... Now here's Forrest Gump as a father. Uh, right there, I'm I'm just out on movies at that point. You know, I let me just let me just say this because I'm like I'm not gonna kill the movie. I'm not gonna relitigate that. But in one line, I will say that is Ready Player One for baby baby boomers. So I I don't know whether I want to cut that because you've actually said that during the Ready Player One podcast. <laughs> I know. I just yeah, like you, I, you're, I, you're you're really stuck on that line. You you. you I mean, it's okay. I mean, if you like the line, yeah, it's fine. It's just, I, I can see why you think that, uh, to an extent. It was like, and the, you know, the other thing is, uh, I also don't really like the idea that people say, oh, the movie is really more about Jenny than it is about Forrest Gump. That's the most surface level way to watch a movie. Did I ever play the, uh, for, the, uh, what? <laughs> please don't cut that. I'm gonna put that at the end. Uh, that was actually a sick Forrest Gump <laughs> Actually, I did a pretty I don't good know Forrest Gump Which one's gonna be it? Did I ever play you the Forrest Gump song by Weird Al? <laughs> Wait, there was there was one on um the critic where he was like he was doing the shrimp scene, and and they had Bill Clinton said, "Did you say shrimp? I love shrimp. Shrimp scampi, coconut shrimp." And he does all this stuff, and at the end of it, after three days of talking about shrimp, Gump says to him. Boy, Mr. President, you sure do like shrimp. Did you say shrimp? I love shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> that show is fucking great. What does your dad think about Forrest Gump? Uh, what What did he say? We were upstairs with him. What did he, What did he say? I said we were, we showed Dad. Uh, we We showed you Forrest Gump. What did he say? What was his reaction? It was one syllable. I don't think it was uh, English. This was like. Uh... I think he said. Uh. I, I, like legitimately, I think he just said. Uh, I think the reason your dad more and like, more. I think literal too liberal for me. I'll be honest with you, son. Because <laughs> we like movies, dad. Well, no, the thing is, he loves Gary Sinise, like because he's the one who's yeah, on. The... When he speaks to that rally and doesn't condemn communism, like no, I'm out. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, but I, I think it's actually the um, the reason he doesn't like it is they play a bunch of liberal hippie music. <laughs> there's no yes. Pink Floyd in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> that soundtrack is the most on-the-nose soundtrack I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Alright, so I uh, everything I saw this week happened to be in theaters. So I'm going to go in reverse chronological order, because I think that's the, uh, the most judicious way to do this. About three hours before we recorded, at the behest of my good pal Christopher, I saw the Slenderman movie. <laughs> and? Now, now, I have thoughts... First of all, if this movie came out in 2013, it probably would have been pretty good. I think so. They're, they're, I mean, they're just, they're off on the timing with the Slenderman thing. Yeah, obviously. It's not, it's not cool or interesting anymore. It came out, like, after the Emoji movie. That's how badly it was timed. Yeah. Like, I didn't didn't realize, yeah. Two girls tried to murder their friend over the Slenderman. Yeah, Yeah, in, in like, 2016. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So the timing was off. Like Slenderman isn't really cool anymore. Um, this movie went for the the try to be like really creepy and spooky angle rather than the try to get you with jump scares angle, which I respected. But also they showed way too much of the monster, 
like the monster design in this is like real bad. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just just a dude with like a mask covering his face, who was tall okay. and had a bunch of arms. Hmm. The only I think the only well acted character in the movie was the first one to get killed off, which was unfortunate because if she were the main character instead of the girl that was actually the main character, I think this movie is like substantially better. Mm-hmm. The climax of this movie, Slenderman turns into a spider and chases her through the woods and then he's a tree and he just sucks her in and it's like I didn't need to see either of these things well, I was really like, like I wasn't expecting Spider-Man this is something um anyway my takeaway from this movie is that it could have been good it's not one of these times somebody's gonna get a movie that uses like internet lore and hysteria properly and it's going to be like a 10 out of 10 horror movie and i've been waiting for it for like eight years now someone is eventually going to get this right and it's going to be incredible because there is so much to work with and the premise is so good and the best parts of this movie are basically when they're dicking around on the internet trying to figure out this whole slender man thing and finding random videos of like slender man popping up in the background of the kid's birthday party so there's a possibility like, that's where th- that this could lead to something positive so people are going to look at this and say it didn't work but we'll learn from it in this way yeah, I, I think this is a, one of the rare movies that's better served not showing your monster, and, like, whatever. Slenderman's not cool or interesting, so that's probably not going to go well either way. Mm. Like, I was kind of into the first 20 minutes of this, and the rest was just, eh. I mean, I, I have, wasn't expecting to like it, but... I have two things to say about Slenderman. One, it's really funny, someone asked Jason Blum, the guy who runs Blumhouse on Twitter, like, do you think he could get the rights and try it? He's like, oh, we tried like 300 times and they just wouldn't work with us. Yeah. So we got this movie instead. And also, 99.99% of creepypasta is absolute dog shit. But the show Channel Zero on Sci-Fi is real good and actually does the stuff well. Every other adaptation is absolute trash. And most creepypasta stories in general are just garbage yeah i mean even the slenderman thing when it was like big and a thing was like kind of at some point just became really eye-rolly like the only creepy thing's like hey what's that weird thing in the background of this picture i don't know here's 90 minutes of it yeah and they kind of tried to to go back to that like the very end there's like a voiceover that's like it's like a virus for your brain you know you see these things you photoshop them it spreads then everyone knows about it and eventually somebody gets got by it it's like trying to make a salient point it just doesn't fall because the movie's not that good. Like, I was more bored than anything. I wasn't offended that I saw this. I have to wonder, who is this movie for? I, I can't imagine that any of the kids who grew up with this... Oh, if I were 16, I would have fucking loved this movie. Oh, really? Uh, uh, straight, straight up. Like, Oh, that definitely seems like an entry horror kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah. hey, 13-year-olds need to... They need movies, too. Yeah, there because no the, shame ca- in the that. characters are, like, very normal. They're, they're, like, supposed to be the abnormal girls in the school, but they're way too pretty for it. Oh, and, I mean, that's, yeah, it's, I think that's actually kind of yeah, one of yeah, the middle, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty expected. Yeah. And, but, like, they're they're characterized well, and, like, the the one girl that doesn't get dragged off by Slenderman, like, her descent into madness is, like, really well done and really well documented. And you can really see her character change. She's very good at being facially expressive. Mm-hmm. There's good stuff here. It's just not a good movie. It's not a good monster is your ultimate flaw. Yeah. Like, like, you see, like, there will be a pseudo-jump scare where the girl looks around and Slenderman's just there with his, like, faceless face up in it. It's just, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I saw another movie earlier in the week. You might have heard of it. You've probably both seen it. Called 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, hey. Where did you they see that? I'm familiar with this film. They have remastered it for IMAX at AMC. Ooh, so if there's an AMC the? near you, yeah. it's there, I think, through t- tomorrow or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Damn it. So here's the thing about 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is a movie that I saw, I don't know, 15 years ago and probably haven't seen since. If you think this is the most important contribution to American cinema, you are correct. If you think this is an extremely masturbatory, self-effacing piece of trash, you are also correct. <laughs> like, this movie is beautiful in ways that no movie that was made 50 years ago should be beautiful. And also, Jesus Christ, how many times did Kubrick jerk off on his roll of film? <laughs> like, oh my god. So anyway, we didn't land on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing Kubrick's known for It's being pretty regular So I don't know what you're getting at I mean the first 20 minutes of this movie Is dudes in monkey suits Jumping around a black box Alex I'm pretty much with you As far as visually uh, You're never going to see another movie like this Except it's it's true you'll see so many movies That are very much like it But like you said in 1968 No one's ever going to even think about something like this uh, it's a hell of a lot better than the book it was based on, I can safely say that much. And um, there's a lot that goes into a movie like this. There's a lot that makes you uh, definitely think, but as far as being... I, I, you could call it masturbatory if you want. That's, that's certainly one word. I, I'd safely say that this movie is basically uh, humble brag the movie, I guess. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> It's basically like, what I would this, go for. This it. movie is fucking gorgeous. It is so, so, so pretty. And seeing it in IMAX was incredible, and, like, that movie is so loud in IMAX that my ears were ringing a little bit. In a good way or a bad way? Because sometimes a movie that is, like, ex- uh, like oppressively loud, sometimes is better for it. I think Dunkirk is that way. Uh, I think a, a few other movies are that way. I, 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 I think the, the, the shining example of a movie that's oppressively loud and it makes the movie better is Heat. Oh, the I bank yeah, robbery yeah, scene in yeah. Heat, in Heat with the choppers that are just, like, like fills any room that you're in even if you don't have surround sound mm-hmm. it is just fucking deafening and that scene goes for 20 minutes and it's super super intense mm-hmm. that is the gold standard as far as i'm concerned for movies and sound design and this movie is on that level uh, yeah you can definitely say that um not that i can really draw many comparisons between heat and 2001 but you know well, we, we work with what we have they're both pretty well, we're good we're talking about a movie being really masturbatory and all that as someone who's 14 episodes into twin peaks to return <laughs> i feel you yeah <laughs> there's something to be said about having an editor go hey maybe don't have this scene be five minutes for no reason i mean like i appreciate that both of these things exist but uh i mean neither will be getting a whole lot of rewatch from me to be completely honest if you really edited down 2001 to like the quote unquote plot parts, that's like a 35 minute movie. And it's also so not the a very fact, good the fact, Perfect. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that it's three hours long, at some point, you don't even think about the editing anymore. And I don't know, I, really, I don't think that was intentional. It just happens to be the case where the movie is just so long and so slow that it becomes not even a concern anymore because you just accept that this is what they're going for. <laughs> Which kind of works, but also kind of doesn't. You know, know. If, if, you want a move, if you want a director who can be masturbatory, I think that you're better off with Stanley Kubrick, but you're not so great with the guy who directed The Cell. So take what you get. Yeah. What else did you watch? I saw one more movie in theaters this yes. week. Avoiding Guys, let me tell you 
about mile 22. <laughs> Thank you, Base Cop. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God, what a movie this is. That's when the runner's high kicks in. <laughs> nice. That was pretty good. Probably I'll give you that. There we go. So first of all, Mark Wahlberg's character in this movie is shown to us in a flashback as a child genius. We know he's a child genius in this movie because he talks really fast and none of it makes any fucking sense. (laughs) He just says words really, really, really quickly and you're supposed to think he's smart because of that. Oh. And... All right. Sure. Why not? Now, there are auxiliary characters in this movie that are on his team. They have backstories. It's not abundantly clear why, because these characters aren't important, but we get to spend like 10 minutes on this one lady in her custody battle with her ex-husband over their daughter while they're on a secret military mission in fake Indonesia. <laughs> they couldn't just use Indonesia? No, it's like, it's like called like Indocar or something. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, is, it is something that is very clearly supposed to be Indonesia, but is not Indonesia. Now let me tell you about the good parts of this movie. So the asset that they're trying to extract slash interrogate is the guy from the raid. Oh. Who is incredible in this movie. And how, is like, does, how does that happen? I don't know, but every scene he's in is 10 out of 10. It's phenomenal. And then you get like 15 more minutes of Mark Wahlberg's psychobabble and him yelling at ambassadors. But every scene the dude from the raid in is, is in is fucking phenomenal. Now, there's a scene later in the movie, because they end up in conflict with the Indonesian, basically, police and the Minister of Security, where Mark Wahlberg does finger guns at, the, at their, their head of security's car, and then a Predator drone hits it, <laughs> which is something special. And also, this movie has John Malkovich in it. Yes! In the only in. movie that I've ever seen him mail in. Oh, no. <laughs> he has a crew cut. He's their lead of operations. At the, the big twist of the movie is him saying the words, and I quote, he's not a double agent, he's a triple agent, and then getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> the good guys don't win. The plane that they're on blows up, and then the movie just ends. <laughs> this movie wait is are you telling me credit so rolls good right there what's that so the credits roll did you stay for a post-credit scene where maybe they win <laughs> there was in fact not a post-credit scene for mile 22 oh damn i only know this not because i stayed for it but because the movie ended and i had to talk to somebody about how good slash bad this movie was <laughs> Let me put it this way. This movie starts, like, this movie starts, it's like a flashback raid on this house that some Russians are in that are just apparently spies or something. And at some point during the raid, like, they they ask, like, their their Overwatch person, they're like, basically, hey, can we, like, should we capture these people or execute them? And they're like, execute them. So you get each person on the team going around just shooting a restrained Russian dude in the head. And then the movie just continues like nothing happened. <laughs> it's so good. And it's 93 minutes. So hey, it's extremely okay. breezy. In and out. You told I... me you watched this. I immediately went to Peter Berg on IMDb just to look at the scope of the Mark Wahlberg compilation. And then I saw in pre-production, 
Wonderland, an ex-felon named Spencer returns to Boston's criminal underworld to unravel a twisted murder conspiracy. The only cast member is Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Are we going to so get like our own never film stop. company? It's going to be Hollywood East. It's just going to be in Boston. <laughs> Listen, my last note on this movie, because one or both of you is watching it at some point, whether it's Damn against it. your will or not. I saw this in IMAX because I have AMC stubs now and I can just do that. And I was somewhat intoxicated during this movie, which probably doubled my enjoyment. And every time something stupid happened, I would just cackle really loud and say, this is so fucking stupid under my breath. And the two dudes behind me were having the best possible time with me. <laughs> because, like, every time I would start laughing, they would immediately start laughing too. And be like, he's going to say it, he's going to say it. Like, this is so fucking dumb. <laughs> every time, dude. Those dudes gave me a high five when the movie ended, which I think is not an experience I've ever had with a random theater goer. I'm so proud of you. But that says everything that needs to be said about Mile 22. Can't wait to watch it after Tom Brady tears his ACL. Hey. Sorry. No jinxing allowed. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up assigning this to both. <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, That's, you know what? I'm into it. Parker, let me hear what you watched. Okay, so recently it's been a whole lot of Sharks, Squatch, Statham. So I'm all over the place this week. I tried to mix it up, get a little bit of everything going on here. So the first thing I watched was I sat down one afternoon to watch both seasons of Frisky Dingo back-to-back. That show is so fucking good. You just power through it in like three hours. I'm rewatching it myself right now, and I can definitely guarantee that you are correct. Like, I need to go back and watch C-Lab now. But I also need to stop, like, as soon as Captain Murphy dies. Oh, yeah. The thing that happened with Frisky Dingo was like, man, this show's so good. I wonder, like, what he's working on now. And then I realized, Archer is still going. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. How is that possible? I don't even know how they still have jokes for that sort of thing. I'd love for them I to work have... on something else. But, yeah, I have not heard... I haven't heard anyone mention that show in at least five years. No, actually, my friends are, like, really into it. Like, oh, did you catch season, like, what is it, 13 of Archer? I'm like, no. After Archer Vice happened, I was out. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I... finished that one. I didn't even get close to that. I think I, when they got to the island, I was just like, eh, I'm not really having fun with this. And I used to be big into Archer. Those first three or four, absolutely. Oh, yeah, sad. yeah, definitely. They're so good. I think you mentioned this in a different conversation, Alex, but that pilot... That fucking slaps. That's that's definitely like, one of the really good pilots from the start. <laughs> Trigger warning for repick. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I watched Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Yes. Oh, it's that's fine. It's not bad. It's just real middle of the road. I never saw it as a kid, but my mommy and daddy got me the toy for it, so that's my only <laughs> my only attachment to this movie whatsoever is the cool looking toy. And also, there's one issue with the movie, and that's the main character's name is Yugi. So I struggle <laughs> to get through this fucking movie. Space Godzilla boy. It, it was a challenge, I'll be honest with you. Like, it's very middle of the road as far as they go. But the next one is one of my absolute favorites. With like a top three monster design easy. I cannot wait to get to it. But after that... I watch a movie called Suspiria. Oh, oh. all right. Uh, let's hear that it. That fucking Blu-ray restoration is the most gorgeous thing I've ever put my eyes on. 
I want to watch it every night and just live in it forever and ever. Now, uh, tell me about the dubbing. <laughs> it's it's what you think it would be. It's it's a 70s Italian movie dubbed in English, so your experience may vary. Yeah. No, well, I mean, that's now, about he- what you're Here's the thing with these movies, is they don't make any fucking sense. And as long as you know that going in, you're fine. Do not try and connect plot threads. You're just going to be real frustrated. But would you, you say never that seen is... movies that don't make sense? <laughs> <laughs> would you say it's as much of a classic as people say that it is? Oh, absolutely! Like apparently, right now, the band Goblin that did the score is doing a thing where they're touring with the movie and playing it live. Yo, and I want to do everything in my power because that score is fucking incredible. Like I've seen obviously bits and pieces of it before. Like I think one time when I was way too young, I caught the opening on TV. And that was like, nope, I am not old enough for this yet. But that new transfer, that 4K transfer they did last year, it is, those colors, they pop, son. They pop. The movie is absolutely gorgeous. I might have to get Like, anytime I talk about something like The Guest and movies like that, with the whole aesthetic, I just want to live in Suspiria. Desperately. Then I watch the Deadpool 2 unrated cut. Uh (laughs) You know what, folks? (laughs) It was better than I remember it being. Oh, that's good. Okay. I think I was a little hard on it in theaters. You were, you were, I don't know that you, like, were hard on it necessarily, but uh, I think you are a little bit more critical of it than I was. Um, there's a lot I loved. And my dad loved it, for one. I, oh, I think I told you that, and you're like, oh, maybe it actually is good if Mr. Field is into it. But, uh... <laughs> I'm sure that's what I said. Now, Alex, uh, you unfortunately don't have a Twitter, so you don't know what I've been texting Parker about. There's Excuse this... me, I, I most certainly do have a Twitter. <laughs> Oh, I thought you just didn't use it. <laughs> I don't have a personal Twitter. This does not mean I don't have a Twitter. Oh, so is it just going to be the Bone Facts one? That's all I have. Oh, well, still. That's all you need. Oh, I mean, I still tag you in that stuff every once in a while. But uh, <laughs> if I can get other people to look at that stuff, yeah. There's this promoted uh, tweet from, like, Best Buy or some God, shit. of some fucking... Some awful looking man looks like jonah rodriguez except worse uh and he's really close to the camera talk about how he's how he's buying two 4k steelbooks of deadpool 2 (laughs) one to keep on the shelf and one to keep in the blu-ray player or the 4k player or something like that and it's it's the worst and then you go to that guy's uh twitter page and his background header image is just a, a the word meh and he talks about gamer geek shows and it is you know what's the, the most painful thing about it is I'm sure you guys have had like a moment in your life where you see or experience or listen to someone that you really just can't stand and you keep thinking about them on like your drive home like, I hate that guy I hate that guy I hate that guy and then you, it gets to like the psychological part where you start saying oh my god what do I have in common with this person you start thinking wait maybe we he and I aren't so different what if I'm the really shitty person what if my future is the gaming geek YouTube shows where I have to buy two separate steel books of Deadpool 2 except it's going to be two separate DVD copies of the Langoliers. <laughs> Look, we're like six months away from swallowing the red pill and just going for it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is how I feel every time I listen to myself on this podcast three days later. This is one of those things where we were talking about uh, what if Miker uh, <laughs> had got into, like, the, had taken the red pill like uh, three years earlier than he did. Do you think he'd be speaking at rallies uh, next to Milo Yiannopoulos? Like a thousand percent. You would be hosting alt-right rallies just to troll people. God bless him. He, now, he's a guy, if he had a YouTube show or something, I'd have to watch. 
He would be in prison by now. <laughs> I would quit my job to work for him. I no, absolutely. <laughs> now that's art. I'll do it pro bono. I don't care. <laughs> right, Pay me in memes, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> one last thing about Deadpool 2. Is that movie's a lot more well-directed than I remember. And uh, you, I think I you said like... it was better looking, too, than you remember. Yeah, like, you know, you usually go into a comedy, it's like, all right, got especially with a lot of studio comedies, like, you got these people in a room, they're going to ad-lib a lot, they're just going to put the best takes together. Next scene. This movie, like, the action isn't the best, but it's way better, like, going in, like, okay, it's Deadpool 2. It's a, it's a sequel to a comedy. Some it's pretty, pretty good sequences. It's been three months since I saw that movie, and I'm still tired of that fat kid. I mean, that's fair, I, I but I forgot about the Jared Kushner joke, and that won me back pretty that's quick. That's the <laughs> only thing that I remember about that movie. It's so fucking I, I remember. I remember what I said to you guys after I saw it was, I'm not going to remember any of the plot of this movie in two months, but I'm going to remember that I laughed really hard at a Jared Kushner joke. <laughs> and that holds true. I, I think uh, the, the one that I remember is, God, it's so hard to go. <laughs> uh, there's a lot that I, I like about the movie. <laughs> oh, hi, Yukio. Uh, you got finding out that the music that plays in his entire like five minute long death scene is just the music from the end of Logan really improved my experience. Yeah. I, I, you know, there, there's a lot to like about the movie. I think I texted you about this too. Is that maybe there's a possibility that we're focused more on the humor, and that's probably what we're supposed to be doing. But every once in a okay, it's it's fun to just sniff the roses, you know. I mean, it does the hot rod and pop star thing of here is a thousand jokes, and the ones that land land pretty well, and the ones that don't, you just move past them. Tr- Translator's note: I meant to watch Pop Star, but one of my friends borrowed it and didn't give it back, so I watched Deadpool instead. So you filed that. a police report on that person, right? If I ever see them again, and they're not holding that in their hands, <laughs> this show will have to be postponed, and you'll also have to make bail. I'm so goddamn angry. I spent my entire shift excited to go home and watch it. <laughs> uh, yes, officer. Here's four dollars in a Seattle Sounders ticket. Please let my friend Parker out of jail. <laughs> All I want to do is to go home and see the flatliner scene more than anything on this <laughs> earth. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Alright, so I watched Suspiria, then I watched Deadpool, then we changed gears again and watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer. That sounds of like course. a movie I would watch. Yeah, you, you like I'm surprised kids, you haven't right? seen it yet. Chris, this movie might fuck you up, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh. Now, the best thing about it is that they cast Alicia Silverstone. The second best thing is that Colin Farrell tells his son a childhood story about jacking off his dad. When did this movie come out? Last, Last year. year. Oh. It is. Leech of Silverstone still getting work. The, Shout out. The only thing I knew was like... She's having just, a resurgence. She's in a lot of shit recently. Yeah. I, that's... that's I, you know what? I'm happy for her. I think she's earned it. I rented this movie Lewis knowing... is good as hell. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Oh, I mean... Oh, yeah. 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 No actually, I might be watching that at the Alamo. We'll see, though. You uh, text me. I'll, I'll see if I can. It, it depends what day Please. it is. My schedule stuff. I, uh, text me anyway. Okay. <laughs> like, I would like to give you a brief bit of plot to, like, to get you to see it, but I went in knowing the only thing I knew was like, hey, it gets pretty fucked up. And uh, it's much better that way. Oh, <laughs> Just good. let the movie unravel around you. <laughs> Parker, did you, did you see The Lobster? I did not. I thought I need to go back and watch that. It's the same director. Yeah, so. yeah. I knew it was the same director in Colin Farrell, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I need to, I'll go check that I out. I want to know what you think about that movie because it's super fucked up. Probably not as fucked up as Killing of a Sacred Deer, but it's super fucked up and super weird. And it took me like a month to figure out how I felt about it, which is. Yeah, I remember if seeing a movie's the still in my brain in a month, that's already a win. So. Yeah, I saw the trailer before something in Alamo. I was like, this is 50 50. It's going to be like my top five, or I'm going to fucking hate it and be so mad I spent money on it. But after seeing this, I'll definitely go back and check it out. Good idea. So we continued this fucking swervy path down movie way with a movie I'd somehow never seen, which is Train Spotting. Oh. For some reason, I had never seen that before. Uh, what'd you think? I spent the whole movie going, this his dickhead friend looks so familiar. And then I realized he's the bad guy from Ravenous, and the entire movie made sense in that perspective. <laughs> Shout out to Ravenous. Yeah, there we that go. That so fucking good. And it also has beautiful... uh, that guy from your favorite Star Wars movie, Ewan McGregor. That's fine. I won't take this bait. <laughs> Nothing will hurt me more than you knowing you have to watch a Texas hey. Chainsaw TV series. I'm not going to watch that. You, you, You're going to watch McGregor that. Ewan McGregor was in three Star Wars movies that were better than The Last Jedi, so that's fine. That's fine. I'm not even close to being mad. Why would you say I'm mad? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing at how not mad he is. <laughs> I, love that, I love that you know I mean that. <laughs> oh, trust me, I know. I'm just not going to argue it because I don't... I don't have the energy. It's been eight months. At this point, you don't care. At anymore. this point, you're getting close to baiting me. I just want to not watch Star Wars anymore. Is that so fucking? Hard? I mean, there are typical bad Alex opinions, but that one's going a little bit hard for me on this podcast. Parker, what else did you watch? He's that bad. I just want to say about Train Spotting. The last thing is, boy, that Euro Trash Techno '90s soundtrack is just, just the, the best, best part of the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely. so good. I have to say, you know, talk about watching a movie and just feeling like you're in a time and place. You can smell that movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I I don't think I liked it quite as much as you. Like, I definitely don't dislike Trainspotting, but like a, a bunch of my friends who are also into films are just like, yo, man, Trainspotting 2 is coming out. I was like, but wasn't one fine enough? And they they think that Trainspotting <laughs> 2 was like the best movie of last year or whatever, which this says is, something about them. This is a weird point of comparison, but I feel very similarly about that movie as I do about Requiem for a Dream. Where it's like, I understand why this movie's important, but it just doesn't really push my buttons. Oh, uh, Requiem pushed my buttons. I have to tell you, that was one where I was just like, oh, wow, that's that, that was like it. And then I saw Mother, and I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> yep. Oh, it there. always goes back to my it, it, I think it does, yeah. <laughs> All right, two more ones real quick, and we'll get to Johnny Mnemonic. Goodness, you've watched a lot. So, I've been keeping up with Castle Rock. And when I jumped into the show, I'm like, all right, I'll watch this Hulu-exclusive silly little horror show. We're getting close to, you know, October. It takes place in the Stephen King universe. I did not expect to get to the seventh episode and have it completely centered around Sissy Spacek and having dementia. And it just destroying me for an hour. But here we are. That show fucking hurt me deeply. So congratulations, everyone. I thought I was going to get more spooky wilderness up in Maine. And nope. Just emotionally devastating. So good job, everyone. Now, uh, what what works from Stephen King are referenced? Just about all of them? Uh, it's a lot of loose connections. Like, there's a loose connection to The Shining. Uh, the main bad dude got taken out of Shawshank Prison. There's, like, side references of people who are sort of tangentially related. Like, it's not like, hey, guys, remember that time at the high school 40 years ago when that girl burned it down? Which is what I was dreading. Yeah, because goodness, the trailers were yet. very vague, but... No, no. I mean, who knows what season two might hold. 
But it just takes place in the Stephen King because all those universe. books are. If it's in the Stephen King universe, you're fine as long as you know it's not about to end. Oh, trust me. <laughs> well, it, it, it depends now. What if someone else is ending it? Because we know that the Mist had a much better ending because someone else just changed the ending. So we're just waiting for him to die, right? All I know is I was told, and by told I mean I read by someone on Twitter and went, "Yeah, that's probably true." That every season's a different story. So, fingers crossed that episode 10 will have a conclusion but good luck know, buddy well, been fooled before l- let's just desperately hope that it's not like a true detective season two situation here we don't have to talk about that yeah. well which reminds me no no was... news about true detective season three in january uh well that's the thing is i saw it and i i couldn't muster up any sort of excitement i think true detective season two is enough for me to say i was out and the Patriots will be making really the playoffs, so I won't be forced to watch it. So, nice try. When What's-His-Nuts from Green Room and Blue Room backed out, I got real sad. Yeah. That was really getting me into it. But, you know, we'll, I'll still watch it. God, I need to watch Blue Ruin again. Samesies. His new fucking movie debuting on Netflix in a couple months about a dude fighting wolves. I could not be more in. So the last movie, you know, we watched Johnny Mnemonic, got some Keanu Reeves. The picture came out from John Wick 3 of him on horseback <laughs> shooting a guy in the head on a motorcycle. I was like, you know that was a poster. I should definitely watch John Wick 2 again. Guys, that movie is fucking gorgeous. I don't think it gets enough credit. Like, that is a well-shot, beautiful movie. And Alex, my friend, I kind of want your take, because it feels like these movies are made specifically in a lab for you. But you're... Aren't you, like, lukewarm on them? Yes. So, I think... Both of those movies deserve more watches for me, and I think every time I watch them, I'm going to like them more. And I think part of the problem was by the time that I saw the first John Wick, it was so hyped up for me that I expected something that could never possibly be. Like, I was expecting that movie to be The Raid, and it's not. And that's not an insult, because The Raid is just a masterpiece. I, I'm very close to considering the very first John Wick to be a masterpiece in a very similar way. I'd, I'd like to know I need the situation. To, I need to see it, it again. I think I it, need to. I understand. Yeah, and I think I'm glad that you're giving it another chance. I, the way that I watched yeah, that, it is, my dad asked me to watch it, and that basically means I watched it by myself because uh, he was silent throughout the entire thing. But I, I think I was able to sort of put together. I think one of the things, and Parker, I don't know what you think about this, but I think there's a little bit of world building in this that I really like. There's some really subtle, okay. quiet things that they do in the movie, and it was enough for me to sort of build the world in my own mind. Which sometimes that leads me astray. God knows it screwed me over for Krampus, but for this, I think it worked really, really well. <laughs> Are you talking about the first one or the second one? The first one. Okay, because I really loved my favorite thing about the second one is how they built on the first one. Oh, I love how, how, everything oh, yeah. as soon as they get to Rome. That's they they part. they use the first movie as a true building block in that sense. In that we have this character that everyone likes, we understand his motivations, and here's the rest of the world that we teased in the first one. And the teases in the first movie are really really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there are very little little things that they do, and you're like, wait, why are they doing that? And then you start to realize it doesn't matter, it's sort of serving the entire story. And so it's not just good as like, yes, this is good filmmaking. It it actually entertained me. It, it held my attention. I Let think it's me... a different movie from The Raid. I, I mean, yes. Yeah. But when, when you hear, oh, it's this incredible action movie with fantastic choreography, can, yeah, that's, right, where, yeah, that's, that's where my brain yeah. goes. Yeah. And that's, that's what fair. I was exposed to. And it's not that I need every action movie I see to be The Raid. And 
basically, I think, my takeaway, because I've only seen each of those movies once. I saw John Wick 2 in theaters, but it was, like, late in the theater run, so it was, like, a really lukewarm theater experience where nobody was super into it. Mm -hmm. To put it in perspective, we walked into the theater while the end credits of Beauty and the Beast were playing. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I said this about both movies. I said, I like this, I didn't love it, and I know I'm wrong. And I will give these movies their due at some point. But I, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here being like, here are the reasons that John Wick is bad. It's more like, here are my reasons for not having it click the way it's supposed to click the first time. You know, that happens a lot. It's, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. We yeah. all have those movies where it's like, well, everything about this is made well. It's just not happening for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's one of Hail those Caesar. ones where... Uh, well, I mean, that, I mean that, again, that's fine. It's not like a, I still need to go back. I've only seen it that one time. Yeah, you know, and even if even if it's not for you, that's okay. It's not a problem. It's a very very well done movie. But I think maybe it's a little bit esoteric. Maybe it's for like just one God, person. So so there's something wrong with that. Uh, yes, and that person is me because <laughs> my Coen Brothers comedies are my life. I was not surprised when you told me much you love it. It's like, yeah, that that movie's definitely for you. I, I, I yep, it's <laughs> not a bad way. As soon as you described it, like Chris, this is a movie for you, and you were like 1940s Hollywood. I was like, oh boy. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I have to admit, I had a I had a very good time watching it. Uh, Parker, did you watch anything else? Was that the last one? I think that was the last one. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Let's talk about Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Now, we watched a Keanu Reeves sci-fi thriller, but not the good kind like you want. Alex, settle down. I will fully admit, I actually enjoyed Johnny Mnemonic a lot more than I enjoyed The Matrix. That's the end of the podcast, I guess. Nothing, guy? Come on. That's that's an opinion. That's an opinion. I don't know what to do with those words you just said to me. When I say that... Because don't get me wrong, I don't want to live in a world where I don't have both of those movies. Perhaps I should offer this what? clarification. I, the, I left Matrix the pause is because I thought he was going to say the Matrix Revolutions. Oh, no, no uh, just, I was, just, I was, I, I thought that would have been a little too me. easy. Now the thing is, I can obviously say that the Matrix is a much better movie. I don't think that's exactly a hot take here or anything. But when I watched the Matrix, it wasn't really a pleasant viewing experience. I was watching it with a bunch of friends for the first time, and I, I don't know, I wasn't really into. It. I couldn't understand a whole lot of it. Whereas this, I understood absolutely nothing, and I think I was just kind of chuckling to myself the entire time as I was watching it. I, it's a very, very different viewing experience, and I think I could safely say I, I just enjoyed the experience a lot more watching Johnny Mnemonic. Because I, I certainly didn't know what to expect. I didn't get what I didn't expect. <laughs> now, Chris, do you know what movie this, or do you know what year this movie's supposed to take place in? Uh, it's twenty twenties, right? It's twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. My we have favorite Rush song. We have three years. <sighs> I, I'm not gonna let him have that. We're gonna keep talking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, I want you guys to take away the talk on this text scroll at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Uh, I, it's I, 2021. <laughs> this is just a wrap. Fire everyone. <laughs> Corporations rule. It's, I'm, I'm, my very first note of the movie is, literally one second in, before it writes down the word Infowars, I write down the words, I'm having such a good time watching this. This fucking... <laughs> It PowerPoint is literally fun. 
PowerPoint font in the shading in someone's fucking forum sig from 2002. <laughs> it's so awesome. You expect to see burning skulls on either side of the text. Oh, this is absolutely <laughs> on an Angel Fire site right now. It was so awesome that admin wrote the intro to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like in the before a line is spoken, you get a wall of text about the Infowars and corporations hiring the Yakuza, and I don't. I'm already lost before we start. <laughs> now, Parker, it's so good. I feel like I just flipped halfway into Dune and was like, "Okay, this all makes sense." <laughs> this could be literally any page of Dune. You have to understand that, Parker. You're from Texas, or so you claim. So you must be a right. pretty big fan of Alex Jones. Do you think that <laughs> this movie was at least 75 percent of the inspiration behind his uh, radio show? 1,000%. Oh, yeah. It has to I be. believe Alex Jones thinks that his new tropics and eating nothing but steak make his mind powerful enough to hold all the deep government secrets. So are you saying that Alex Jones is Jones from this movie? Yes. Okay. I, we'll you know, get to that. Paul Joseph Watson. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't know his name, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't worry. We'll get to that as well. Uh my, now, my notes got actually a little bit sparse here. I think you guys might have to do a little bit of the heavy lifting on this because at some point I got confused Pleasure. enough where I was just writing down a scene that was happening so I could remind myself without, you know, trumbling over to Wikipedia. So uh, let's discuss the plot. Keanu Reeves, yes, we're serious, plays a secret agent sort of thing, mercenary, maybe, perhaps, who knows, and he's, he is a data he's courier. A cur- he is a data courier. He carries means, data in his head, literally. Which means his brain is a flash drive. Yeah, his brain is a flash drive. He puts data in there. We'll get to what the data is. I don't think this should be a spoiler warning. And uh, he, he goes This from 1995. If you haven't seen it, it's your fault. Yeah, basically. Uh, it's, is this one of those things where he's trying to sell it to the highest bidder? Because I wasn't entirely sure about that. But uh, No. He, he, it's a he set liter- person, right? Okay, so... So the short version of this is his brain is a 160 gigabyte flash drive. <laughs> he gets 320 gigabytes of information. And the the downside of taking on more information than your small brain can handle is that eventually the memory will leak out and kill you yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. So he just wants the shit out of his brain cuz he doesn't want to die. He he neither knows nor cares what is in his brain. He just wants it gone because he doesn't want to die. And then stuff happens. Uh, lots of stuff, in fact. The, after the data transfer, in which they're apparently hostile at first, but then they get kind of mollified when he just tells them what has to go on. They really treat him as an authority figure here. Yeah, these dudes are like mega cucks in this transfer. Uh, yeah, like, I know. It, they, they started they, off they holding a gun like to his the head. the most relevant like, oh, okay. information to the, in the world, and they're just like... Okay, yes, sir, if you can help us also, out here. Also, let me just note that in 1995, we thought in the future that CRT TVs were, would also be phones. So, <laughs> that's cool. Look, all I know is, I was like, alright, I'm going to pay attention, I'm going to get this. And in this first scene, they're talking about plugging the internet into his brain. But then he's like, alright, so just fax this over. I was like, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> I can't follow this. <laughs> He's plugging a goddamn cable into his brain, but they have to fax hard evidence over to... Listen, I, it was 1995. They tried, man. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, we, we this, have a bit of arrogance about sci-fi. us as human beings, thinking that we can predict the future and saying, oh, yeah, we'll do this in the future, we'll do that in the future. And, I don't know, some things have come to fruition, some have not. I, I think sci-fi is 
nowhere near as good at predicting the future as so many other people would like to think it is. But the the idea that there will be fax machines in 2021, nah, son. <laughs> I am simply <laughs> yeah, not I mean, about it's, that it's, life. It's the problem with any near-future sci-fi. It's the same thing that happens when you watch a movie like 2001. Like, nothing about that movie could take place in 2001. But in 1968, that probably seemed super plausible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, in 1995, yeah. I could totally believe people thinking, "Yeah, we're gonna still have fax machines. Why wouldn't we? It's the fastest way to transmit data. <laughs> I, I, Nobody has to get on a plane with a USB drive in their brain." Yeah, that uh, almost makes you wonder why the data courier exists if you can just yep. fax it all over. <laughs> Are you telling me you want to see this movie without Keanu Reeves? Because we will go to Fist City right now. Uh, let's talk about Keanu Reeves. Under no Reeves. circumstance will you ever put those words in my mouth. Let's let's talk about Keanu Reeves in this. Uh, he was coming fresh off the success of... Um, was this pre or post-speed? Post-speed. This is post-speed. Speed okay. was 94, this was 95. Because I feel like he's what, still 97? doing kind of like an accent from uh, Bill and Ted. It, it just kind of... There's sort of a... I hate using this word. A sort of a dude bro accent. I, I kind of want to like pledge a frat with this guy. Uh, and even though he's playing like this... Again, not secret agent. Mercenary data courier. I... Look, data courier is not something I want to say a lot. <laughs> it's not fun. But uh, whatever he is doing in this movie, he's doing a lot of it, and every single line delivery makes me like he really, honestly, could have won the Razzie for this because it's not so much that it's bad acting. At first, I thought, oh, he's just terrible in this, but then I was like, you know what? Some of the lines he's saying, you could put Sir Lawrence Olivier, and you're not going to be able to say this in a dignified manner. Like I've always thought. I that just want you to think about Sir Lawrence Keanu Olivier in this movie. I- I'm trying with everything I can not to. Like I always think it's just a dumb, easy joke to make fun of Keanu's delivery in movies. Yeah, people do. And then he started talking in here. I was like, all right, well, I mean, broken this clock. Is, this is, yeah, this is this is a different level from most Keanu movies. It, I'm telling you, this is like what if Bill or Ted—I don't remember which one he is—grew up to be a data courier in 2021. <laughs> Well, anyway. Now listen, to, to, to get this moving along. So he goes to a hotel to get some data from some scientists. The Yakuza <laughs> show up and kill all the scientists. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Yakuza are in this. Should we have put that in the summary? I don't know, but it was in the opening text scroll. I think we talked about it. But uh, <laughs> Yakuza. the Yakuza are in this. He delivers some one-liners as he knocks out a bald man in the shower. By the way, the one-liners in this movie uh, are the oh, yes, worst yes. one-liners I have ever heard in a movie. <laughs> Yo, the pizza delivery line? What? Shit, no, when he, when he, wa- when he walks in and puts the briefcase on his shoulder and says, Double cheese with mushrooms? Yeah, listen, <laughs> there's, we have to talk about pizza for a second, guys. Pizza's near and dear to my heart. There was, but there was <laughs> something in, in the, the future. The they call it double cheese, dude. <laughs> I, in the 90s... People went next level about pizza. <laughs> Re- remember, in the, it was either Home Alone one or two, where it was like a big deal for him to get his own personal pizza. <laughs> and remember, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just love pizza. There was something about pizza in the '90s where that must have been considered what a delicacy or the most important food group. I mean, so they got something. Right. It was the eye on top of the food pyramid. Is this is the pizza which sees all? I hope pizza makes that comeback. I'm a big pizza guy here. Well, Keanu by 2021, it will, according to this movie. Oh, good. Murder is saying all left, none beef. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Keanu Reeves fights the Yakuza. He gets a plane ticket to Newark, New Jersey with his brain, his brain stuff. 
the, the, the leader of the Yakuza raid squad has a laser whip that comes out of his finger. <laughs> I, so I wrote that one down, too, because I, I was like, I'm going to have to make a note of that. I wasn't entirely sure what had happened. And then the rest of the movie uh, confirmed, no, Chris, Correct. it was exactly what you thought you saw. And let's not forget, before he makes it to the movie setting of Newark, New Jersey, <laughs> he Which... spends some time in the internet. You oh. guys want to talk about the internet in this movie yeah, for we, a little can bit? Yeah, we talk about it? Because I think uh, after the text scroll, we also get, this is the internet in 2021. <laughs> and you can go into it like that Timmy Turner, the time chaser's fairly <laughs> odd parents shit. <laughs> Welcome to the internet. Go through the Windows May screensaver and have the vampire Udo Kier talk to you about owing him money. So you guys have... <laughs> Jesus Christ. So uh, let's talk about so Reboot. Uh, this is the entire movie, I think, must have served as some sort of inf- inspiration for reboot uh, it, it, I like how it's uh, portrayed visually but I look I'm not exactly like a data analyst here but I don't think if someone went into the internet that it would look like I'm, I'm giving this way too much thought I'm sorry but still <laughs> no you're not you're giving it not enough thought actually oh this is patently absurd uh, sidebar my sister's watching a thing about making dollhouses it's like really really tiny like made out of like little pieces of cardboard I'm thinking of two things here A hereditary a and house B for ants? The, and, no and B the miniatures episode from king of the hill it's a house from Ponyo how does that make you feel it's a house from what Ponyo Oh <laughs> my. People don't forget. Well, shit. God. I didn't even realize until like halfway through. Oh my. She, you didn't even listen to the episode where I talked about it, did you? No. Now she never listens. Sing it again, dick. No. Ponyo, Ponyo, Ponyo. Fishy in the sea. I smell a treat. <laughs> sidebar to the previous sidebar. That last fight scene with the Yakuza fight, it kept cutting. To ultraviolet '90s anime as people were shot. I know. Yeah. Fist of the North Star. I kept thinking about I Samio. Have... Remember Samio? <laughs> <laughs> I have the shakes. All I want to do is watch shitty ultraviolet '90s oh, cyberpunk uh, anime uh, uh, more than I want to be alive right Parker, now. Bad news. I have to. I have to say something about that line. It's not called the shakes in the movie. Alex, could you tell me what it's called? I'll let you have the honors, buddy. Oh, oh, you're gonna put it on me just because I'm the one who's known for saying this stuff. They're called the Black Shakes. Now, I would like Ooh, judges ruling on. I would like some shake. applause from the both of you for the heroic restraint I had to just resist writing down a joke. I just wrote down in quotation marks, "Black Shakes." <laughs> uh, Black Shake Mona. I'm right? not going to make a joke. I I wouldn't dare make a joke. It's fine about this because I'm not racist. So, so anyway, <laughs> Keanu Reeves gets away Nigga from the Yakuza, takes his flight to Newark while Butt Rock plays. <laughs> Which that already I'm having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> he gets off, and Newark, New Jersey looks exactly the same in 2021 as it does right now. Mm-hmm. So shout out to this movie. <laughs> it's awfully prophetic. And then we go to a bar to meet some cyborgs. Oh my god. You know who I wasn't expecting to see in this movie? Who's that? <laughs> Fucking Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, on one hand, his performance is incredibly stilted, but on the other hand, his neck is the size of a tree trunk. So I thought he was actually really good. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan. 
<laughs> support your music and whatever you do. Now, Parker, and... I was wondering if you thought that the uh, the girl, was it Diane Levy or whatever her name was? I have no idea. Yes. The, the girl from uh, Starship Troopers. You recognize her, right? Yeah. Well, you know what I thought of her? As soon as I saw her, I swear to God, she was a dead ringer for the Wiccan from Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. And Jesus that Christ. is all I can... I swear to God, dead ringer. You were sick in the head. I am. I, Your brain is so smooth and powerful. <laughs> in Blair Witch 2, was she also wearing a fucking chainmail club shirt? Uh, Parker, uh, can we confirm or deny this? <laughs> I don't feel comfortable denying it. There's at least a 40% chance. At least one thing. shirt is chainmail. Yes. It's 2021, so and she's just wearing a chainmail club shirt. <laughs> and also, she's apparently an android junkie. Yeah, I love nothing more than shitty Who gets into a fight with cyberpunk. that transvestite robot? Alex, you have to understand, she gets the black shakes because she doesn't have enough data. She needs her downloads. Oh my god, that's going to be the cold open to the show. Stop all the downloading. I'm a computer. I'm a computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, man. Right. Great minds, right? <laughs> Smooth brains think right. alike. So then they leave the bar after she gets in a fight. Right. We don't understand why this is important because we haven't met any of the people in this bar before. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a robot bartender with a cyborg arm that just scowls at people. And is a character in this movie. Uh, yeah, so we'll get back to him. It's like that guy in uh, Final Fantasy VII. It's normal. Well, and then we go back to our good friend Keanu, who has been set up by his boss as the Yakuza tries to execute him in Newark, New Jersey. And he gets <laughs> saved by one Ice T, who is wearing what appears to be a brown mop on his head I, and has an anarchy <laughs> tattoo between his eyebrows. Now, you guys want to talk about a smooth brain. Let me just show you how smooth my brain is. If you've uh, ever, this is gonna get racist. Nope. Oh, actually, maybe it is. Uh, this is the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, have you guys ever seen the movie Theodore Rex? <laughs> oh fuck! I know where this is this, going. It, no. He looks just oh, no. like Whoopi Goldberg does. Hold <laughs> <on>. <laughs> where she's next to that animatronic T Rex trying to solve crimes. Wait, Hold, I am Reptar. Wait, that's a wait, that's a cyberpunk <laughs> movie too. Do these take place in the same universe? It's in play. Yo, someone <laughs> called this movie Cyber Junk. Got him. <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. Chris, I'm let me Jay add, Bone. Let, I run uh, heaven. This is Theodore. He's a detective. <laughs> just think of the scene from Shenmue. <laughs> my name is Jay Bone. Toad, is, Toad is my trusted second, <laughs> and Johnny's my good <laughs> I'm J-Bone. I like to skateboard. <laughs> his, his buddy that falls off the roof when he gets shot is I would never do anything so stupid as to let the government walk into heaven. Strike one and welcome to the internet. <laughs> oh, is that, is so that then, our tagline? Now, are we, we assuming get... that this movie just takes place in the player haters ball? Because I did <laughs> the rest of the movie. Now, if you'll excuse me, creature, I have to go put some more water in Buck Nasty's mama's dish. You have to click your heels three times and go back to something awful. Oh, no. <laughs> so the so movie anyway, continues. Next fight, cyborg uh, say some while talking's getting shot. A fight breaks out. The bald guy from, from Beijing, or what is it? 
middle Beijing or central Beijing. Yeah, it's, is there? it's like yeah, a middle yeah, kingdom whatever. sort of thing. That yeah. one actually made sense. Yeah, and and he's there, and they fight, and the cyborg girl th- shows up and throws a bunch of throwing knives at people that make golden eye sound effects, <laughs> which are incredible. It's weird. Uh, that game came out two years after this, so golden eye stole from this. I'm still thinking about the just the reveal of Ice Cube in this movie. It's <laughs> incredible. My name's J Bone. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> J Bone fucking sucks at driving. <laughs> <laughs> and then after this i think we meet the the leader of the yakuza for the second time uh takahashi well, is what they call takahashi that. yeah we we figure out his daughter died from the black shakes oh. and also the strange blue computer lady is yelling things at him yeah she she yells throughout the entire movie now she was that's a caucasian woman i think but i'm pretty sure they give her like an east asian accent for some reason I think she procreates with the Blue Man Group. So I think she's ba- pretty fucking screamed at by Cortana in the middle of this weird ass. I'm pretty sure she's it's just like the the like... pink girl, that pink hologram girl from Blade Runner 2049. If people just listen to her, I think this movie is like 20 <laughs> minutes long. I mean, how could you? Yeah, boy, does she yell a lot though. She yells. You don't a understand. Lot. You have to do this. All right, that's enough of that yeah. noise. Gee, I right. would turn <laughs> that off with a remote control. Are we gonna talk about the bathroom fight between? the cyborg girl and the strange Frenchman's Yo, transvestite okay, so, bodyguard. So if I could uh, mention the strange Frenchman there really quick. Uh, when when you suggested Johnny Mnemonic last week, I, I, I looked it up and I said, oh, it has Keanu Reeves and it was a famous martial arts actor. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. And I forgot who it was immediately. Yes. So as soon as I heard a French accent, I was like, Wait, is, is that Jean Claude Van Damme? Is that, that Jean Claude? I thought the, the same thing, and Brussels? I've seen this before. Because it, yeah. actually, it actually sounds like him, right? And, like, maybe and part of the face is there, but the body's obviously French, not yeah. there. So, yeah. 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 Uh, go on and talk about that bathroom fight scene. I'd, I'd like to hear your take on it. So, the most important note about this scene is that in the Japanese version of this movie, which came out first. I'd like to think you watched it. There, I have not, but I desperately want to now that I've read about it. Because apparently the uh, so so fake Jean Claude Van Damme has two bodyguards in this movie. It's a white woman and a black man dressed as a woman. And apparently in the Japanese version, they are they are both men. <laughs> and also in that bathroom scene, the black guy walks in and goes, "Man, I haven't been in this bathroom in years." <laughs> <laughs> Which what would have been incredible say. in this movie. Dude, dude. If you ever like after this, if there's anything that I missed, you need to go read about the changes that are made in the Japanese version of this movie because it's so good. It's so good. So anyway, the uh the girl with the black shakes <clears throat> comes down through the air vent, beats up at least one of the bodyguards. Uh, fake Jean-Claude Van Damme gets his head cut off with the laser whip. Oops. <laughs> his body gets cut into, like, seven pieces, because apparently the guy with the laser whip's real mad at him. And they run off to hide in the junkyard, where a small child pulls out a slingshot and aims it at the mean Japanese man, and then Ice-T shows up. 
Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm just stuck on the idea of the laser rib, because scientifically it doesn't make any sense, but you know what? I, I will give myself this. I'm probably thinking way too much. Yeah. It is this. scientifically Me more too. sound than a lightsaber. Just saying. <laughs> There's a beginning and an end point, and therefore it's better than Star Wars. I, I, I Look, I, I don't watch <laughs> sci-fi movies. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about the iPhone scene. They do say the word iPhone, well, see, don't That's they? the thing. So that's that's one of the things that everyone talks about when they watch this movie. And I have to admit, I kind of caught on it, too. He's, uh, Keanu says, give me that iPhone. And uh, I looked at my sister, like, yo, they just said iPhone in this movie. And it came out in 1995. We're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. And then he literally puts the phone up to his eyes. And he goes into the computer. <laughs> he goes into the, the internet with his gamer gloves. It's, <laughs> Parker, this is for you oh and me. What, it's like that scene in Mystery Science Theater 3000 where Mike destroys the Hubble telescope. <laughs> he, just, he somehow, uh, he's using these gamer gloves, like the ones for Ready Player One, to pick up the stuff. And then he gets called the noob. My fa- my favorite part of this scene is when he encounters the hacker guy who was just a face in a wall, and he raises his fist in the real world to shake them at the guy in the internet. That was the most the reboot like, oh, shit, shit I didn't know show. you were serious. All right, I guess you can go. And he, he has, like, finger claws come out, you know, and they don't even do anything with them. Now, Parker, I have a question for you. Yes, because this is the part of the scene where we understand a bit of the like the uh, we we get a bit of an exposition dump of the plot of how Keanu lost all of his childhood memories to become a data courier. <laughs> how fast would you dump your childhood to become a data courier? Food. I wrote down like yeah, I dump my childhood memories too. <laughs> it's called repression. You fucking dude. Yeah. I would fucking dump my childhood memories for a chalupa. Well, right? I just want my childhood back. Do you? You want to trade? <laughs> 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 I'm just so, assuming everything with the VR helmet and the gloves is what the equivalent of going to incognito mode. I now. mean, you can say all this, guys, about how you quickly you get rid of your childhood memories, but I don't want to be the guy who has to go into someone's memory palace because I assume that that's what it has to take to go into all this stuff. Is that th- <laughs> this takes place in the same universe as Dreamcatcher? Oh, absolutely. It has to, right? It, I mean, there, there there has to be some sort of cross. Duditz runs the internet. <laughs> <laughs> of course a Red Sox fan. <laughs> so anyway. They yell at each other in the internet. They get injected with a virus. And then girl cyborg saves the day by throwing a pink grenade from her keychain into the computer shop. Uh, just one of those Batman. things all girls need. Just have to have a pink grenade. It has to be keys. pink. So the fact that it's pinker means it's feminism. Her turn, Chris. <laughs> cyberpunk is the worst genre, but also I don't want to watch anything but cyberpunk this week. <laughs> fucking sucks well, so bad. I love and it's it. It's funny because we're about to introduce the the best or second best character in this movie. Uh, I would argue the best, uh, but just because of how I, limited I have, it is. I have a contender that we'll get to. Okay. Later. Oh, oh <laughs> uh, it has to be human characters then. Anyway, okay. uh, I, no, so I let's understand. talk about Dolph Lundgren as. Uh, <laughs> say it, <laughs> say it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to. It. I'm not going to. You're, no, you are. No. Actually, no. So we're gonna sit here and wait. <laughs> I can't because I didn't write it down. <laughs> you can Google. 
Okay, I'm, going, I'm actually going to Wikipedia right now. Let's see. Johnny. I mean, as a devout Christian, you should be able to figure it out pretty yeah. easily. Uh, well, it's not, it's not really the time to start to uh, talk about that. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, no. He's going to just show up with his crucifix dagger. Oh. Show you the Lord's way. Well, he plays Shinji at... No, I'm kidding. He plays... <laughs> <laughs> Dolph, you have to pile the evil. He, he plays <laughs> Carl Honig. Yeah. <laughs> this is my adult son, Street Preacher. <laughs> I kept thinking about the uh, the, uh, the that one uh, helpful uh, guy with the, like that stupid hat in uh, Spawn. <laughs> the one with the, they're basically the same character. They might, they might as well take place in the same universe. Spawn now, huh? <laughs> Fake Anthony Hopkins is showing up. You got to learn how to use your powers, bye. <laughs> Yeah, you have chains now for an hour and a half. I'm into going the movie. to run around you cool? and put these chains on you and embarrass everyone who's watching this movie. Uh, Dolph Lundgren has come quite a long way since Rocky IV. Uh, the, <laughs> he's really so getting into his own, isn't he? I'm thinking about that. Uh, that's was that scene in uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're talking about making their own movie. They're like, well, we have to have a really classy actor, someone who can just nail the parts. Well, it's got to be Dolph Lundgren. He just says it like it's like the most obvious answer in the world. <laughs> what if he could smell crime? What if he could smell crime before it happened? Full penetration. Here's the thing. We should. Crime, penetration, crime, penetration. And then the movie just sort of ends. <laughs> oh man, work that in with the data carrier shit. Yeah, what if his head was just a giant nose? No! No, his head can't be a giant nose, dude. <laughs> I just want to rewatch that episode. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Just the entire part about how everyone involved in the creation is an ideas man. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, he's an Indian like that Shyamalan dude. He's <laughs> <laughs> just find this Indian kid in the library and tell him about the fifth. Sin. You have to talk. <laughs> he knows. You, <laughs> you have to understand that when I when I spent the when I spent Halloween in Suwon, my buddy Jordan and I, all we could talk about was that episode. And every single time we saw someone in costume outside, we were like, "Wait, who is that guy?" Oh, it's got to be Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> it's got to be Dolph Lundgren. Listen, Dolph no. Lundgren is one of my favorite parts of this movie, and that says a lot about this movie, because he plays a psychotic pastor that murders people for money. Not just a psychotic <laughs> pastor, a psychotic tech pastor. <laughs> he... Who has a dagger that is also a crucifix. The technology is his religion. Boy, we live in a and society. <laughs> and once he gets hired by Takahashi to track down Johnny and his friends... He first goes to the bar that they were at earlier in the movie and dips that bartender's robot arm in liquid nitrogen for basically no reason. <laughs> Can we talk about said bartender's performance in this scene? Can we talk about it's his reaction so to having his hand good. shattered? Because I wrote down, <clears throat> Oh, why'd you have to do that? <laughs> He's... He might be my favorite character. <laughs> we'll get to my favorite character in a bit. Oh, man. I think you know who it is by me saying that he hasn't appeared yet. But... Oh, yeah. I've narrowed it down. I think it makes it fairly <laughs> obvious. Uh... It's so weird hearing Dolph Lundgren talk and, like, 
Oh wait, he can just talk like a regular dude. Like, can, can, can he always do that? This is regular to you. I think it's. I think it's. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, compared comparatively, to, yeah. <laughs> we're grading on a curve here, Alex. Oh. Fast forward through a bit of plot, and then we get Dolph Lundgren standing in front of their like creepy van, and just yelling, <laughs> "Halt, sitters!" <laughs> I think as soon as they find out, I think it's a. Uh, I hope I'm not skipping too far ahead. I think I kind of lost track of where we are in the movie. But I think it's right apart, right about the part where they discover that he has a cure for NAS. That's where right he... Uh, that, yeah, which, yeah. by the way, I'm playing the, I'm playing the classic version of the NAS, and it's pretty cool. Uh, right Shut when up. they discover that he has a cure for it, that's when he bursts in and says, Give me the cure! <laughs> <laughs> I want it! <laughs> well, that's that's... A little bit further down, because you still have the part where he crucifies that dude with scalpels. Oh, right. Right through the guy's center of the guy's hands. Which, by the way, yeah. that's not how a crucifixion works. It's supposed to be through, like, the wrist, because there are bones on either side. Uh, sorry. Uh, when, you're, when, go ahead, go ahead. when you're Dolph Lundgren, you can crucify someone however you want. Okay? You know, exactly. you know Tell him no. It's his turn. Like, we're we're skipping past a lot of I'm the sorry, dialogue yeah. and exposition in this movie. Yeah, I don't mean important. to skip past the one-liners because the one-liners are real good. No, <laughs> that's one way to to describe them. Uh, <laughs> good as in I'm going to remember a lot of them for a while. Yeah, I'm going to remember Double a lot of cheese, lines man. from this movie. <laughs> Specifically, knock Baldy. <laughs> Keanu Reeves should not deliver one-liners. Heck, ever yeah. I think this led up to the to the cyber monks in those uh, Dennis Rodman movies. So there's a lot to unpack. There. You're going to lose <laughs> a football bet, and you're going to have to watch those. Oh, gonna so die. we're moving towards the climax of this movie yes. because the 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 cuck hacker friend <laughs> couldn't Call couldn't get things out of his brain because he got crucified by Dolph Lundgren. So they go back to. Heaven. <laughs> they go there because oh because girl cyborg knows of a very prominent hacker that lives there. <laughs> and when our good friend Keanu Reeves asks, and I don't know if you guys caught this on the first watch, because it's understandable if you wouldn't. When he asks, she's like, "Well, who's this hacker? What's he about?" She says, "Uh, he was in the navy." <laughs> Oh my god, I think I missed that. Was this based on... most certainly did. <sighs> Trust me. Oh now, does this... now, Alex, I, I wonder, who could this character be? Does a character have a name? Is it he Casey does. Ryback? <laughs> it could be what the fuck? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I haven't it. heard a Casey but... Ryback reference since you <laughs> added that into my Suicide Squad review. Oh, yeah. That sounds like something I would do. But no, but no, that is not the character that I'm talking about who is my favorite, because we're getting to that character in maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Yes. The scene where the two retarded guards on the bridge (laughs) decide to drop the flaming car on them for no reason. (laughs) I wrote that one down, too. Yeah, that was... Because the guy's just like... (laughs) I'm just saying, if you want to get with me, then I want to get with you. You know what I'm saying? I want to drop a car on them. Please don't drop a car on them. 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to drop a car on them. And then he drops a flaming car at them, while Keanu Reeves looks up and waves his arm and yells, What the fuck? W- wasn't that basically just the move Storm uh, scene? It's like, we are not going to drop a flaming car on them. I can't believe we dropped a flaming car on them. No joke. As soon as the flaming car dropped, I paused it, rewound it, like, okay, I know I've been having trouble following this movie, but clearly I missed something. <laughs> nope. No. No, that... That character who we had not seen before that is just like, I'm the guy that's in charge of dropping flaming cars of people, and also I want to drop a flaming car on this guy. <laughs> I can see why you enjoy this. Uh, that's so good. Hell of a character. <laughs> this so and then now, let's get to it. <laughs> we, go, we get into heaven, and first things first, they walk in the door, and a dude zip lines down over their head into a stack of computers. <laughs> 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 I really just, just want to live in this world, life. don't you? <laughs> oh my god. God, I would give anything to live in this world. Just you bring a girl home and she just sees like a million CRT monitors all over the place. <laughs> now listen. This is the part where I pass the torch to you guys cuz I know you paid very abundant attention during this crucial scene and I want you guys to explain it to the listeners. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. We finished recording a week ago, and the last thing you said to me before I signed off was, text me as soon as you see the hacker. So I'm watching this whole movie, I'm like, they're all hackers. Did I miss yeah, who he was talking you're about? You're just texting him the I'm entire looking through in the, I'm looking through the IMDb like, I, is it like someone who's not credited? Am I missing something? And then we <laughs> see it. It's not often... That a movie leaves me literally speechless, just sitting there slack jawed. But when they showed that fucking dolphin, <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so goddamn hard. Oh my god, guys! I just came up with a cold open. I will not spoil it right now, but I I think I I think I have it. Um, yeah. Okay. There's. I cannot comprehend how this happened as soon as i saw it you know what i was thinking about i i think i know why you picked this movie because all i could think about was the head from the end of crank 2 <laughs> who do you think was smarter the head from crank 2 <laughs> can you imagine if that dolphin had just been saying fuck you <laughs> it's just a Verona's not a fish he's a mammal he's a dude when, when, when the dolphin gets pissed off about getting called a fish it starts trying to fuck with his brain the dolphin hacker gets offended <laughs> i can't believe i'm the saying the dolphin these is words. using psyops to fight the government jeez <laughs> guys he was in the navy <laughs> so awesome i was not expecting it's... this as a sequel to zeus and roxanne but let me tell you <laughs> it owns because with that navy tease and this being in 1995 there's like a 40% chance it could have been jesse ventura <laughs> <laughs> uh so <laughs> Alex, when you said the hacker was in the Navy, all I could think about was the Day of the Dolphin poster. <laughs> he unwittingly <laughs> trained a dolphin to assassinate the President of the United States. This has to be the same dolphin, right? Or it's offspring or something? This is the kind of like the Bubba Fett to Jango Fett? It's in play. Parker, that's a this Star Wars dolphin reference. uses its brainwaves to hack submarines. So... <laughs> yeah. That's a thing in this universe in 2021. <laughs> Just in the giant fish tank. Now in I heaven. 
I have Ice T's just calmly explaining it. There's a fucking dolphin. Listen. I'm sorry. In the Japanese version of this movie, oh, fuck. there is a scene where they establish very clearly that the dolphin is addicted to heroin. <laughs> you are kidding me. Oh my god. It's on Wikipedia. You can look it up yourself. Is it in bad taste if you had the South Park fuck you dolphin and fuck you whale? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you whale and uh, fuck you dolphin! I could just say Takahashi says that at some point. I'll be covered. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Because he's Japanese. Anyway. Um, so we're introduced to the dolphin, who is this elite hacker. <laughs> Met with skepticism the from right Keanu there, Reeves. Understand. No, we, we can't, because there's 30 minutes more of this movie. <laughs> well, closer to 15, really. But still, uh, that scene. Now, we have to talk about the climax, because just meeting the dolphin hacker is not the climax, although God knows it should be. Parker, I'm going to have to bring this back to Spawn again, because God knows I love to do that. Remember the devil in that movie? <laughs> How could I not? <laughs> I'll be with you for the rest of your life. That's What if we got like a really, really long sequence of that? <laughs> Except it's all <laughs> cyberpunk as hell. <laughs> like, this whole movie, in the back of my head, I'm like, this movie's at like a solid four stars. If this ends with him going inside the internet after seeing <laughs> that text girl, it's a five. And sure as shit, it's like, alright guys, every fucking you have part, to hack yourself. Every you part of this climax in the physical world with the dolphin just like fucking... It's just... <laughs> just <laughs> just squeaking in the background. <laughs> and then it, it's the dolphin squeaking, and he's fighting with the Asian guys. And the Dolph Lundgren pops out of a wall and yells, Jesus time! <laughs> <laughs> this movie is incredible. I, now, when Ice Cube says repeatedly, you have to hack your own brain, did anyone immediately <laughs> think of Paul Joseph Watson's brain pills? <laughs> Literally, the key to this movie is using a dolphin in the gorilla mindset to fuck the government. Now listen, the best part is when our good friend the blue lady comes back. Because we find out that she's the one that knew that Keanu Reeves was carrying a cure the whole time and it's like trying to get everybody to like, like yo release the cure yeah. I used to be a person and now I'm a computer cause I'm that's a, computer. a thing and <laughs> she stares Keanu Reeves in the eye and says Johnny the dolphin can take you into the data <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite GameCube emulator yes it can oh my god <laughs> like I don't know how it's only been a day. I don't know how to parse what I've seen. It's so it's, good. It's been like, like 3 hours for me. <laughs> looking down at my notes and realizing what happens to Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> when when they Okay, so I'll let you explain what happens in the Dolph Lundgren death scene. Parker, <laughs> take it away. All I can tell all I can tell you <laughs> Sorry. There's this convoluted fight scene with the soundtrack that is throbbing butt rock <laughs> and a dolphin screaming. <laughs> with Keanu Reeves tricking Dolph Lundgren as Techno Jesus into grabbing these cables 
to which point he gets not only electrocuted, but lit on fire and burns to death. <laughs> kind of like in Siphon Filter when he could just taser someone until they catch on fire. He just fucking burns to a crisp right there in front of everyone. Chris, as a devout Christian, does this check out? Uh, you know what? This is basically the way that... Uh, the, you know what? The Catholic Church is in desperate need of reform. I think that Cardinal Francis... Or Cardinal Whirl and Pope Francis both need to be defrocked. And uh, Dolph Lundgren as next pope? Who says no? I think this was basically the book of Leviticus, right? I, it, it's a book of numbers. Because it's on the internet. Fucking numbers. How do yeah. they work? <laughs> <laughs> Found our ending the song. Data curry. <laughs> like, I think the magic dolphin hacker helped kill Techno Jesus, but I'd have well, to go back he, and Well, he helped during that scene where the cyborg girl pointed the dish at Techno Jesus. That's right. And oh, the dolphin right. just let out some noise that was amplified by the dish. And he oh was just like, uh, uh, and then he was fine. <laughs> he was able to fight through it and then burn to death. Now, Chris, <laughs> would you like to tell the listeners about Johnny's experience inside the internet with the dolphin? I, how do I even explain this? It's, it's really one of those things where it's, it's difficult to explain if you haven't actually seen this. But let's just talk about his character... First Avatar? of all, he turns into he turns into Earthworm Jim. I, it's Earthworm Jim <laughs> combined with internet. one of the uh, that, combined with like a Chow from Sonic Adventure, because uh, that's all. Oh, well, Sonic Adventure One, like you know those evil bad guy villains. So I'm bringing this all back to Sonic. He Adventure looks like Jaws and Goldeneye. Uh, you, you, uh, yeah, in a way, and you're right. His head is really pointy, but he can't take it off. A whip. Remember in Spy Kids, the weird hand monster. Oh my god, Benjamin. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> is this like the thirtieth Spy Kids reference on this podcast? Jeez, how has that not been a future? Okay, cheers, so everyone. Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Anyway, we don't uh, have to do that. so he takes. You the know, scene I'm of in. him taking that thing out while again Ice Cube's voice is in the background saying. You have to hack your own brain. <laughs> and then, draws, like, and then they're in Zorro there, and he's getting he's getting he's getting shot at. He's getting shot at by the internet, the internet fucking whatever defense force is there. And Ice Cube goes, Nah, look, he's he's cloning himself. <laughs> he copies himself as a mirror image underneath the internet. <laughs> it's called the Black Shakes. Kids are doing it all over. <laughs> 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 Heaven is my chat room. I'm the only moderator. Come in and talk some shit to a dolphin. <laughs> so, can you? This is basically they, they were right when they said that iced tea is the new drill. <clears throat> He's so fucking. Awesome. Yeah, he is. Oh, and he clapped back on the Laura Loomer. What's her? What was her name? <laughs> that old British lady who's Remember? racist as fuck. Remember how, like, eight years ago, all he did was tweet about playing Gears of War and Call of Duty? <laughs> He'll just take pictures of himself with, like, the hardened edition. <laughs> Wearing the night vision goggles. <laughs> He's so fucking cool. All right, so... I love Ice Cube so much. Yeah, so, <laughs> Vanilla Ice is great in this movie, and uh, uh, he's up, really dude. killing it. And, uh, I, again, I keep thinking about, like, the ridiculous hairstyle he has going on there. Is that going to be a thing in 2021? I'd like to think so. I'll grow hair again just for that. <laughs> I mean, that's just the style right there. Get my double cheese pizza. They call it double cheese. I 
hate that you keep saying it. Double cheese. Stop. <laughs> I want to say it in, in his voice. Double cheese with anchovies. <laughs> yeah, good. Might, On to the next. That might one. actually be the opening thing here. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> do you want to talk about the fake out ending? Oh, I was livid. The fucking so <laughs> barbecued body there. The hand twitches. The thing gets up. And then we're thinking, oh, this might be cool for a split second of our lives. We might get some sort of enjoyment. And Ice T turns around and says, "Ain't nothing but garbage." And it gets lifted up and thrown away. So thanks, Ice Cube. They teased Zombie Jesus coming back like Jason Voorhees <laughs> for five seconds. I, I would watch so that movie. Oh, in a heartbeat. <clears throat> if only this movie wasn't getting a sequel. I... Let's be real. Look. This movie has a lot of flaws, but like I said before, I will always grade on a curve for any movie that has a really dumb premise. It's like, you know what? We're just going to go for it, regardless of how it comes out. I think this is one of those things where I really can't hate this movie. I could definitely say that it's poorly made, but again, I had so much fun watching this, and I'm, I'm, st- I'm sticking with my original take. I had more so fun, fun watching this than I ever had watching any of the Matrix movies. Obviously, it's the second and third such ones. Such a fun movie. It's, it's, yeah. That's the thing is, this is a roller coaster, and it's, it's one of those roller coasters with like unnecessary like jerks and everything, where you're, you're listening to everyone else who's watching it with you, you know. And I think that that's part of the fun of this, and it's, it's willing to have fun with itself, and uh, it takes itself too seriously at times, and that just makes it even funnier, and. Alex, you're right. This is one of the best good-bad movies I think I've ever seen. Like, as soon as it starts up, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's, like, I was <laughs> it laughing It starts with a text scroll. It's very much like End of Days in that way. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, there might as well be just gifts of Snoop Dogg dancing. <laughs> like, Kirby smoking weed on the side. <laughs> it's funny. If you, if you read about the production of this movie, the, the, the guy that wrote the short story this is based on wanted this to be like a one million dollar art house project <laughs> and shopped it around the studios and nobody would give him like a low budget for this movie so he's like all right fine i will accept your 30 million dollars and just blow it out see that's he thing. wanted nothing to do with all these dumb special effects and he's just stuck with them see that's the thing is i keep thinking so about good. this is that i don't know that i want to go and read the short story that this is based on because I had so much fun with this. I don't think the short story is going to be any better. Like, is it going to be better written? I don't think it could be any worse. But, like, come on. I had so much fun with just, like, Keanu Reeves talking and just yelling at the uh, at the sky when he's in the junkyard. I want a $10,000 a night hooker. I want to get my shirt cleaned. Like they do at that hotel. <laughs> I want to be at the hotel in, in Tokyo. Like... And, like, that's no. supposed to be a bonding moment for the audience with that character. No, it's just, oh, he's so and relatable. He's so like a tantrum while avoiding a flaming car. Did either of you look up the director, Robert Longo? I no, I uh, So, so here's the thing. He's not really a director. <laughs> he is a sculptor and a painter. He did the music <laughs> oh, video no. for Megadeth's P-Cells. He did two R.E.M. music videos. He did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. He did this and nothing else. He was like, Plus. fuck it. Going back to painting for the rest of my life. That man has lived my dreams. A shitty Megadeth so- <laughs> song. A Tales from the Crypt. This movie. He was like, alright, peace, Hollywood. I accomplished all my but dreams. still better than Pitoff. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it. Right, His bingo. name is 
beat off. <laughs> one goddamn fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking hate that movie. That was one of my most treasured moments. I talked. To, I talked to the, the guy who runs the uh, Alamo. He's a content director there, which is already a great title. And he was talking about superhero movies, and I mentioned, "Could, could you get Catwoman on there?" And he said, "I don't know how people would take it. I want to see the basketball." <laughs> well, the point scene is to sell screen. tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If they do the movie party thing, oh my god! How many All of the right. tickets do we have to buy before they put it on the screen? Oh, that yeah, that reminds me. Like okay, I, I mean, I, I have a hundred bucks for you right now. What do we have to say at long last, at the end, of Johnny Mnemonic? What took me so long? How did I avoid this movie my whole life? Now this is why, why this is simultaneously why I love old sci-fi and hate current sci-fi. Because old sci-fi has a certain charm of like, what's the future going to be like that you can like, kind of thumb your nose at and be like, oh, look at these dumb old people. But when you watch a movie like. I don't know, let's say Jupiter Ascending, for instance. Ugh. Like, that version of sci-fi is just, you look at that and go, if this happens, then the world sucks. <laughs> there's that too. And then there's bees. <laughs> She's the queen She's bee. <laughs> Bayhive. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> fuck that now, I, I want to say something. The Chaney Tatum's a werewolf and wants to get his wings back, so he's got magic rollerblades. Now, here's my take on Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, a while ago... I, w- I was really into some movie. In this case, my name was, it's not important. And I was told there are other movies. There are so much of this. There are psychological thrillers. I was told Brick was one of them. I still have not seen it. Jacob's Ladder. I still have not seen it. And someone said Johnny Mnemonic was a psychological thriller. And I came across <laughs> that is this information. One person's interpretation. I came across this information ten years ago. And I have just been holding Johnny Mnemonic in my head as a psychological thriller my entire life until approximately four hours ago. And I I don't know that I ever want to change that. This obviously is not a psychological thriller, although one could technically argue it is because he does hack his own brain. So yes, something, sometimes it is all about mind games. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. God damn it. Uh, this this one you son of a bitch. I, this one is one of the ones where I was pleasantly surprised that it was nothing at all like I expected. As soon as I started the movie, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like the, the the Fight Club ending where it's all inside his neurons and stuff like that." No, no, no. We get a text scroll, and it's it is quite a work of art. It's so good. Yeah, I guarantee you won't guess where it's going. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, that's that's fair. Now, I have a short segment here. Uh, I want to kind of save this one towards the end, because I, I kind of like to pat stuff out at the end, too. It's not just about watching the feature presentation. I was listening to another podcast, and they had a movie discussion sort of thing, and it's kind of a hypothetical. And it goes like this. Would you rather only watch new movies, you can't rewatch any movie you've ever seen, or only uh, be able to rewatch movies that you've already seen? No new, mo- No new movies allowed at all. I can't live in a world where I don't get to watch the thing. That's a good sorry. point. I I go the other way. It's new movies only for me. Because I can... If a movie is memorable enough that I can keep it in my brain, then that's just there. And it's earned my its space. My brain are too powerful. Now, the way that my but mind there's works... there's so many movies. 
that I haven't seen. That's a good point. Now, see, that's the thing is, I'm the other way. Is I've logged about 1,300 movies right now, so I've got a pretty good library. And, I mean, I'm never going to get sick of watching Army of Darkness. So, I, I think that's just the way I was going. I See, I didn't know if that if that discussion was going to take 20 seconds or 20 minutes, but I, I think it's uh, still something worth chewing about. Uh, now, Alex, did you want to talk about the rules for the game? The game of games? Ready for this? Uh, are you are you guys ready to hear about the game of games? No, no, no. <laughs> Parker, are you ready? <clears throat> God damn it. <laughs> 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 Thank God our neighbors haven't been Now, Parker, you have to understand that uh, when I was saying, are you ready, I was just going to play the Hank Williams Jr. song, but it's okay for you to do that instead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, th- I took the ball. <laughs> he took the ball, and he wants to score. Yeah. <laughs> it always that he still gets made fun of. For Pass that. That makes me so the ball everything. to Parker. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in football, honestly. Okay, so the game of games. All right. So basically, this game's going to work in three phases. I feel like that's the easiest way to explain it. I want to make this as simple and the listeners as possible. If there are any real questions, feel free to text me. You might not get a response. <laughs> there are certain fruits we must not taste. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Alright, so every week we're going to have a Jeopardy board. I call it a Jeopardy board. There may or may not be categories but it's going to be roughly a 5x5 five five grid of teams. Some of the spaces are multiple teams. Some of the spaces are free spaces. Some of the spaces are physical challenges. Who knows? You don't until you pick one and flip it over. And how this is going to work... So, as, as we talked about before... Each time one of your teams loses, that's 20 minutes of content. Okay. <laughs> I think we agreed this is a fair number. I, yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I assume we're sticking with this. Yeah. Like, and always, as always, we round up. It's, it's like a guesstimation. If no easy way. If out. there's like an episode that's 22 minutes, yeah, I mean, come on, you gotta. You gotta take it. Yeah, of course, yeah. and you can cash out part of your bank at any time. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I, I would assume that you were gentlemen that are not gonna just dump six hours of content on somebody during week seven of the NFL season. So mm, yeah, we I, would never do something yeah, like I would, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like be, everyone, and it's 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 just, everyone's friends here. I would never like, do anything. We're, mean we're all to my friends. Friend like it's, that, it's, like. it's very fair. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Unfortunately, you'll be spending it at home. <laughs> now, how this is going to work is each of you is going to flip over three spaces a week on this board, mm-hmm. and you'll get whatever's behind the space, unless phase two of this game. <laughs> is the lifeline system. Now, I have derived a pool of lifelines. Each of you will pull three randoms from this pool at the beginning of the year. And every week, you have the option to flip over a fourth space yourself to get another lifeline. There might be other options for you to flip over a fourth space yourself to get. There might be other rewards out there. It's unclear. We'll see. We'll see where the Lord takes us. So that's up to you. If you decide you want another lifeline from the lifeline pool, that's great. You'll get a random one. Great. In exchange for 1 to 12 teams. 
that week. Zero to twelve teams. Let's say zero to twelve teams. That's, that's more fair. Lifeline usually has a positive connotation. They do. That's it's going to be worth it most of the time to do It'd it. Be a real shame if one of us misused it, right? Yeah. Law of averages, huh? Yeah. That, that always no, seems I, to work in favor. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm not here to crank everyone because everyone gets cranked in the end anyway. Just everyone who I mean, deserves got, it. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain what your lifelines are when you get them. The other person won't know what they are. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The other person won't know what they're up against, and there might be lifelines that allow you to steal lifelines from the other person. There might be an old maid lifeline that if you accidentally <laughs> steal it, you get stuck with all of the other person's content. Is that like who knows? It could be anything. Like, oh it could be anything. You never know. I hate this. I, I, I have taken inspiration from every board game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> now, there is one other factor that goes in here. And I like to consider this my tax for setting up this game for you. <laughs> you volunteered. You demanded to do it. God fucking damn it. Now, listen, because I think you'll both understand. You're not getting a red sun out of me. This is this is very reasonable. This is reasonable for everyone involved. Paid two hundred seventy dollars for this podcast. I'm I'm a nice, benevolent person who wants everyone to be happy at the end of the day. And if two of three people are happy, that rounds up to one person. Yeah. Yep. So. So here's the thing. Every week you're gonna have a mission card. You you can think of your mission card. Which is going to be drawn at random from the mission card deck. If which you can is a see the look on my face right I have now. Made. Now listen. The mission card is basically going to be going to be a secret slime word for your podcast partner. <laughs> and if you get them to say the word, you get to draw the equivalent of a risk card. You know how the risk cards work, right? Have you played risk? I'll explain it for people that haven't played risk. This is what I needed to be more self-conscious on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. So how the risk cards work is you can trade them in in sets of three of the same figure or one of each of the three figures. It's in risk, it's infantry, cavalry, artillery. You trade them in in sets for reinforcements. Now the reinforcements in this case are that if you trade in a set of cards, I get to assign that person a movie for you. Uh-oh. I'm not going to be unreasonable. You're not going to get four-hour movies out of me because I don't watch things from the 50s. Oh, what? But you're... Mi- well, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you trade in the card set, and I'm your reinforcements. <laughs> now, these cards aren't going to be infantry, cavalry, artillery like they are in Risk. They're going to be... Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and <laughs> something else. Uh, you can just say Sailor Moon, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. You, you know. Wait, no, that's just actually good, then. We'll reconvene. <laughs> well, no, no, you're not going to have to watch those shows, because it would be very unfair for me to, you know... Oh, no. No, you wouldn't want this to be unfair. ...to watch six episodes of Sailor Moon, yeah. <laughs> so it's fair to everybody. Everyone loves content. I love content. You love content. I definitely don't And in fact... This. I will give you guys an opportunity to crank me back in response right now. Because I have a proposition for the season. Oh, my glasses are I at the edge of my nose right now. That I haven't talked about either of you with. 
So, Parker's a Cowboys fan. Chris is a Patriots fan. Obviously, that's a little bit of an unbalanced dichotomy. <laughs> you think? We can't, we can't just say, oh, who's going to win more games this season? But my good friends in Las Vegas can set reasonable over-underlines for both of those teams. So, guys, this is what I'm proposing. You each have your team. If your team goes over their projected over-under, you can assign me an entire season of any show you want. Uh, when you say goes over their over-under, is that like for the entire season or something? Over-unders are a season line. I can pull them up for you momentarily. An over-under for their like win total or point total? Their win total, oh, okay. yes. Now... What happens? If, if, your, if your team goes under... I get to assign that right back. Whoa, uh, hmm. wait, Parker, Parker. I don't have to watch it in a week, right? Yeah, like, that may not be possible for most of the no, shows. No, I need no, a healthy take, time you limit. You take your time. It's going to be postseason. Okay. You're going to have after the whole football season. You get to catch up on your whole backlog. But I think it's only fair because if the Cowboys win more than, I don't know, the four and a half games they're projected to win and the Patriots win more than the, I don't know, 19 games they're projected to win, I gotta watch two seasons of TV for putting this little game together. But if your team's bad, if Dak Prescott breaks his leg week two, oh, buddy. Now, oh, it, are we forced to do this? Is this a you have no choice sort of thing, or? Well, what choice would there be? What if I didn't want to do this? You don't have to. Oh. No, I'm, oh. I'm, it's proposition. Oh, it's proposition. I will. I'm no coward. Uh, it depends. What <laughs> is just gonna make me watch Pretty Little Liars? Let's fucking well, do this. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing is, I don't have a tremendous amount of time. Uh, what what kind of uh, what is the overrunner for the Patriots wins right now? Let's look that up, buddy. Yeah, we can work within your time frame, yeah. my friend. Yeah, no, this isn't like a one week thing or uh, you have Take to be on the spot. Make you watch so much fucking yeah, well. Doctor Who. He's son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll watch the 1970s version. Here, it's a season of Sherlock. They're all 90. Oh, I forgot to mention during that. I think during the King Kong movie, uh, they the villain's name is Doctor Who, and uh, there's a giant metal King Kong. Should I have mentioned that? Yes. Does it make the movie better? Reasonably so. <laughs> Doesn't make it. It worse. is the best incarnation of Doctor Who. I'll say that. <laughs> so the over under for the pictures. I have it at 12. Let me see if it's anywhere else. That seems fair. Did 12 on the dot? You have, you have six gimmies already. You're halfway there. All right, I have 11 on another site. Hold on. We'll we'll talk about this. Yeah, okay. Because so, we'll figure out what what uh what overall data yeah. set we want to use, okay. and then we go from there. Yeah. But as long as I can watch it, like stretch it out, I'm absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not. Okay, I, yeah, yeah. I am time. all for getting cranked for content. I had to pick the underdog like all last okay, year. Okay, I assume if Parker's in, I'm I want you guys. Well. I want. I want you guys to root for your teams because I think that's cool. I mean, yeah. And also, I want the opportunity to get cranked. Because oh yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want you guys to have all the fun watching garbage content. It's gonna be cool when you just send me YouTube clips of Pretty Little Liars as I see Joe Looney starting a set of twelve <laughs> games. <laughs> Tiny, cool. Joe Tooney. Anyway, um, oh, man. Oh, God, 
Is that Connor Williams music? Okay. Is there only me and Green needed to worry about some guarding your quarterback's blind side, and then I just fucking hang myself? <laughs> you have Braxton Miller and Braxton Berrios? Chris, you should be happy. Right. Call the National Guard. <laughs> Alright, here we go. I have the Odds Shark win totals for 2018. Like the fourth link, it's all on a table. I can show you the table right now if you want. If this is acceptable. This has the New England Patriots at 11 wins. Okay. And the Dallas Cowboys at eight and a half wins. What the Ooh, fuck? That's not that's... gonna happen. <laughs> this sucks, but I'm I just immediately God went to Simon going, Ooh, you mountain <laughs> That is in what fucking planet whatever. Okay. I mean yeah. I'm not gonna back out. I mean you that's do you do have the Giants and the Redskins in your division. Oh, call that's in fair. the National Guard. Yeah, this is gonna be And a you might get Nick Foles twice. That could be six and oh, buddy. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm not gonna not take this. But I mean, you can, now, we now, have to Chris, dive in. Now, Chris, just just to set it clear, since we don't have a half point line, if it hits eleven on the dot, we're flipping a coin. What if we just assign each other one? If it hits on the dot, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's not? better. Yeah. Everyone gets cranked. If they hit eleven. Yeah. <laughs> it's a magic eleven. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and for those of you at home, play along. No, you can't. You're not. Ruin you all could. of your friendships as well. Yeah, uh, we should do what you do what you can to make your friends hate you. <laughs> while you were, while we were thinking about this, I kept imagining like a floor just covered in uh, in uh, game boards connected to each other. So Candyland is somehow <laughs> connected to Risk somehow. And then there's a table in the middle. You have to climb up the chutes and ladders to get to the Stratego level of this. <laughs> it really is eighth dimensional chess, you guys. <laughs> God, it's so fun. It's so funny to me that. The Ravens over under is eight, and the Cowboys are at eight and a half. And we should side bet on this, Parker. Oh, I'm a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just saying now, if someone wins like four and it's an 80 minute thing, in any movie that's under two hours, that's fine by me. Yep. You can round that up to 90 hour 45. Real that's shame. fine. Well, it's gonna, it's, it doesn't have to, your pools have to be used in a week. You can bank if you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, you... I'm just saying, I'm not going to be a stickler about... Uh, actually, you only have 60. I, I assume Matt. the only one who could be a stickler Whatever's is, funny. Is, I, I'm kind of hoping yeah, Alex yeah. will do a lot of the heavy lifting on here. You'll just have a, uh, an Excel spreadsheet or a Google Doc that just has... Oh, oh buddy. Chris, you have this much. Mark, you have this much. This is your assignment this Buddy, week. why do you think I bought this whiteboard? <laughs> as long as you don't tip the scales too hard and really cheese it. Someone's just going to... Some, someone's going to have a list of nine teams... And seven hours of content, and four blue eyes white dragons pinned on the bottom of the board. <laughs> <laughs> this Exodia card can make him watch a six-hour silent movie from 1924, but I really like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Parker boy. <laughs> Well, here's the deal, Chris. You can either assign to that silent movie, or if you play this card, you don't have to watch any movie that rhymes with Schmelraiser. <laughs> <laughs> what do you choose? So next week, 1987's Predator. Stop. 
I'm absolutely gonna watch The Predators with Adrian Brody. Go to town and marry by Uncle John. He claimed he has a misery, but he's having a lot of fun. Oh, baby. Yes, baby. Woo, baby. Having me some fun tonight. Yeah. Well, long tall Sally, she's a beautiful species guy. Everything that Uncle John needs. Oh, Back in the alley, oh, baby.